Blog Talk Radio. Because those of us who carry badges 
can't always be a thing. I've had to work Sundays and at times with walk talk was tough. Sometimes I w- I've been violent. Sometimes the streets are rough. But I never took a penny that wasn't really mine. Though I worked a lot of overtime as the bills kept, began to climb. I never passed a cry. Never passed a cry for help. Though I shook my head sometimes in fear. Forgive me, God. I even met wept an unmanly tear. I know I don't deserve a place among people here. I never wanted much except to be found to calm people's fear. If you have a place for me, Lord, it would be grand. I've never expected much, and I don't expect to stand. The silence was around the chair where the Lord sat was, was very quiet. And with the, uh, sorry, the silence all around the throne where the saints often stood as a policeman waited quietly for his judgment of his God. Step forward, please. You've done your burden. You've done your burden well. Come and help us. Come and help us walk the beat of heaven, because you've lived your time in hell. Each and every one of those guys, and girls out there, their families, um, the the ownership of this station and the members of this, this staff, but each and every one of you, they'll be held always in the hollow of the Lord's hands. All right, let's get started here. Uh, we're uh, very happy to have a full staff tonight. And welcome back, Mr. Ty, uh, Mr. Zito, uh, Mr. Tony, Mr. Bob, Mr. Caden, myself. Uh, it's been a, another great week for fights. Um, and uh, Bob, do you want to start out? Sure, yeah, big uh, big UFC tonight, man. UFC was it two seventy seven? I could be messing that up. Still have my notes, but uh, uh, Julian Pena versus Amanda Nunes two main event. Um, and uh, the first time again, we all know who Amanda Nunes is. Probably the best female fighter ever, but she was dethroned by Miss Julian Pena uh, last time they met. And uh, it was it pretty much shocked the entire world. I think the only person that thought they were going to win that fight was Juliana Pena herself. Um, and for uh, so a Benoit title fight tonight, that'll be a good card. I'm gonna, I'll be missing that I got family in. So um, you guys mm-hmm. enjoy. Katie, um, yeah, I mean, follow up a little more on what Bob said. Um, I mean, you definitely, last time they fought, um, if, if you've heard about it, you know, you know that it was probably the, it was definitely the biggest upset in UFC history. Um, and I remember, I remember going on the show before, like, the, the day of the fight, saying that, uh, the Pena would win, and I thought the Pena was the greatest, uh, women fighter on the, well, female fighter on the planet, and then she went and lost, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with my, my, my guess, and I'm gonna say she's still... I'm going to say Juliana Pena um, can't do it again. I say she can't do it again, and she gets TKO'd third round. I say she's going to – she's definitely going to try to take down uh, Amanda Nunez, and if she does, um, then she she can definitely – she can definitely put the hurt on on Nunez. Uh, But uh, if if, if the fight stays on on the feet for the majority, if she can keep it on the feet and keep her momentum going and stay with the jabs and stay with that power that she she has and and really just just, just look perfect. You know, look perfect. Don't look like how she looked in her last fight. If she comes out fighting Mm -hmm. like she did in her last fight and how she fought in her last fight, she's not going to win. Last time she fought Mm -hmm. against Deanna Tanya, she looked slow. She looked sluggish. She didn't look like herself, and um, that really, uh, it actually, it, it really, it really surprised me. But um, I think she can. I think she can bounce back tonight and get the win. Okay, Bob. Bob, just to back things up a little bit. I'm sorry, Tony. Just to back things up a little bit. You're pretty close to that delicate to make this special sandwiches, right? You read my so, mind, uh, Frank. Yeah. I've got I've got the old lady working on them right now as we speak. 
<laughs> I okay, heard that, and I told her to get started. <laughs> yeah. Before you get to Tennessee this week, we'll have a sandwich for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Zena, what's your thoughts? Um, I agree a lot of what Caden said, except for the way um, I agree. Actually, how it's going to come out. I agree that um, mm-hmm. Payton is not going to do it again. I think she's going to do it. I think Cunyas uh, is going to do it in the first round. I, I, I think five minutes is too long to have Cunyas kind of do what she does. Thing is not, I don't see her mm-hmm. be a successful taking Cunyas down. Um, I see it being a stand-up affair and Tanya getting beat. Um, Nunez lost mm-hmm. last time because I don't think she was flowing Plotis. She was very rote, meaning she was very readable. She did the same thing. She was only looking for the powerful one thing. She was readable. And when you look, she was throwing everything. Ha, ha. She wasn't measuring up. She wasn't setting anything up. She was just come out there and just tried to knock Pena's head off. And it mm-hmm. didn't work. She, she kind of tired herself out, put herself in bad striking positions to get hit and countered by someone who's not a striker. Uh, what I see this time mm-hmm. is just her mentally calming down. Simply as that, mentally slowing her mind down and going away. And if that happens, Pena stands me back. That's my thought. Okay. All right, Tony, let's, uh, let's, let's, we'll talk about uh, mental capacity here. Let's go over to uh, Deontay Wilder, Derek Chisura coming up. Uh, is that is that a winnable fight? And if so, who? Well, is it a done deal yet? I don't know if they've made it, if they finalized it yet or not. But if they did, I'm going to go. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said, yeah, they they are finalizing it this week. Okay, I got to lean on Wilder. I still think he's got it in him, even though he uh, mentally, the last couple of fights that he's lost, it's it's definitely affected him. And I think that's probably depression more than anything, kind of maybe sent him into saying he needed to retire or wanted to retire or was heading that way or whatever he's going to do. But when it comes to this one, I think he'll make a comeback on this fight. Uh, there's just one guy on the planet right now he can't beat, and he knows that. I'm sure he doesn't like it, but he's still a great fighter, and uh, still mm-hmm. still love watching him fight, and that's what it's all about. He still has a fan base, and you know, if he decides to come back out and start fighting again, I'm sure people will watch. Okay, see? <laughs> yeah, Tony made a great point. Um, Silver Metal's good, too. Silver medal is good, too. Deontay Wilder right now is a silver medalist for the heavyweight division. Uh, they, mm-hmm. I, I don't see anybody beating him outside of the gold medalist, who, who's, who's basically beat him two times, and they had to draw the first mm-hmm. time. Deontay uh, Wilder, he, he still has – I mean, if he has it in him mentally – and that's the only thing I worry about as far as him going into this fight. If he still has it in mm-hmm. him mentally, Chisora gets wiped out clean. If he doesn't, he could be running scared all fighting on holding, not pulling mm-hmm. the trigger, you know, just kind of, you know, being wild in certain instances. My, my thing is with Chisora, Chisora's past it. He, he's been past it for a few years. Um, right. If his only shot, his only shot to me is if Deontay Wilder is mentally still messed up. If Deontay Wilder is still mm-hmm. able to pull the trigger, Chisora goes to sleep. Chisora yep. got burned mm-hmm. by Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker had him, he punched him in the face and had him looking at the canvas for a second to still see if his feet were there. No, Deontay Wilder puts Chisora to sleep. And Chisora's going to jump into mm-hmm. it. He's going to come aggressive. He's going to come winging. And one of those times, he's going to come leaving his face wide open. And Deontay Wilder's going to zip it in there. And for sure, he's going to go to sleep. This is when the fight's going to end. The guy doesn't get buzzed. He, he doesn't get buzzed and finished off. Chisora goes out, out. 
he goes out, out. Only if Deontay Wilder's not, if he's not gun shy, it, it, it's like kind of in the bag. Oh, yeah. I agree 100% with what Z said. I think also to add to it that uh, Wilder has got a lot of uh, aggression built up and uh, anger. So if he's got his A game on and his mind game on, I agree 100% with Z. He's going, he's going to be knocking cold. It's going mm-hmm. to be a brutal one, too, I think. Oh, man, you yeah, it's a... Yeah. Let's go to one we were talking about yesterday, Tony. Arthur Bedebev and uh, Bible. What's your thoughts? Uh, Benavidez, you said? Benavidez. Yeah. No. Benavidez. Arthur yeah. Benavidez. I... I that one I I think it's a roll of the dice on that one. I I don't know which mm-hmm. way to even lean on that one. I was concentrating more on the one tonight with Benavides and Garcia than uh than that one, but uh, I haven't looked into it, but honestly I I think it's a roll of the dice. We'll talk about Benavides and in a second, if if Bush doesn't mind. But um but better be as and Bivol if um I hope they find it. They haven't promotional, you know, they are a different size of the fence promotionally, which kind of messes things up. But if they sign it, I told personally would lean toward, I would lean toward Bivol. Um, two reasons why. First reason is competition, level of competition. Bivol has fought everybody that touches weight class. The best of the best in his mm-hmm. class, except except for uh, Better Beer. Better Beer's biggest competition to make probably Joe Smith. Biggest, I mean, as far as just and Joe Smith is another guy who's fought everybody, but he hasn't beaten everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Joe Smith came up in Better Beer is not a guy that you run up on. Especially without form, and Joe Smith ran up on Better Beer without form and got not and got not filling. This ball is extremely extremely measured. Uh, he's he's mm-hmm. and what can happen is what happened to Joe Smith can happen to Better Beer softly, <laughs> softly. Yeah, and yeah. That I think against Bivol, Bivol is. Very precise and measured. So where Better B is not going to be able to get power stuff off without coming into Bivol's zone with changes. Better B is going to have problems with Bivol's consistent jab. He's going to have problems with Bivol's high guard, then, you know, spin quick. Bivol, he's not a stupid inside. doesn't fight much inside. But what he'll do inside, Mm he'll high guard. Then once you get, you know, spin to spin with him, he'll, he'll spin you real quick. Into advantageous position, you know, back off with a backward jab and get the work. Have you on a rope and, and, and get the work I, on you? Bivol is a very, very acute. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's acute with what he does. Uh, the only thing is, I don't know if he's the toughest. And if it gets to a battle, uh, 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 to I think he could take the one punch and he could see Bivol. I mean, better be as one punch. I don't know if it's better be just attacking him a lot, which I don't know. I mean, it's better be if it's that good. It can happen. But the, my, my last point is this. This one, I think, is more prime than better be. I'm pretty sure he's younger, but he's more prime than better be. Better be as he was slighted. I mean, he was, they were looking at him fighting Kovalev when he was sort of coming up. He's around that age. So it's better be as a little younger. So if I'm giving I'm giving that B have the advantage in youth and and experience to be honest and and, and technical ability, it's hard to go against that. It's hard to go against that. I wanted to say too that uh, Bivol is just so relaxed in the ring. I mean, just watching him against Canelo, you, you were wondering, okay, what's his uh, what's his plan? Because it didn't look like for one, it didn't look like he even broke a sweat. And two, he was just very methodical, very relaxed, just going right after him the whole time, like nothing was bothering him. Mm-hmm. And Canelo's one of the baddest men on the planet. And I would put Benavidez 
as one of the baddest men on the planet, too, along with Bivol, I think the best you're probably going to get, I don't think, my personal opinion, I don't think you'll get a knockout on either side. If anybody win, lose, or whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to go to uh, some sort of a decision or maybe a uh, some sort of a draw, but I don't see a knockout between the two unless someone gets lucky. Mm-hmm. Um they mm-hmm. both got it in them to do it, but they're also both experienced enough and and pro enough that I just don't think it'll happen. But I, I love both mm-hmm. those guys. I think they're awesome. So, like I said, a roll of the dice. Yeah. People underestimate better be as amateur experience too. They they think that he comes out there, he pubs and knocks guys out. Better be as is. I mean, that's that's exactly how he took care of Joe Smith so fast. He was able to put amateur experience along with power. It's simple as that. That's he's able to do that, and he's a tough guy. You just don't get. I mean, you just don't hurt better being. But he's a, also he's a king box. He's uh, he's a king boxer. So. Okay. What do you think, Ty? Uh, you know, that, that's a fight um, that I think is a very evenly matched fight. It's a fight I wouldn't predict at this point because uh, we still could be looking one or two more fights before that contract could even potentially be signed uh, with both guys having mm-hmm. mandatories. And um, obviously we know Bertabiev has Anthony Yardy next, and there's been rumblings about Bivol against potentially Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, but either way, both guys have other fights that are going to happen first primarily because, like Zito said, the uh, network affiliation and promoters uh, aren't going to, you know, come together to make that fight. Uh, as far mm-hmm. as predicting it, again, man, we'd have to get a lot closer. I'd have to watch more footage, lock my mind into it to really make a decision. I think everything that Tony and Zito said uh, is very accurate, and I, I really couldn't add to it. I think they covered it pretty succinctly. Mm-hmm. Tony, what do you think about uh, Molly McCann um, and her last uh, outing here? I actually missed that one. I was uh, was working that I'm night. Sorry. Couldn't get yeah, to Bob, it. I, that was for Bob. I'm sorry, yeah, Bob. I missed yeah, that one Bob. as well. UFC. Yeah. What's that? That Molly McCann's last outing. Oh, McCann. She did. Put- yeah. yeah, that was pretty tight. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't hear the last part. My, my nephew is being fussy. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that? What do you, we, we, the question was, what do you think about her, her uh, spinning kick and uh, her win? Well, yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, she's on fire right now, and she's really putting on a good show right there. So she got a uh, a big, I think it was a five or fifteen thousand dollar bonus for that spinning kick. So um, any kind of those uh, fight of the night kind of thing are really good, and she's she's doing really good. One of last two, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. All right. What about uh, the uh, pitbulls? Got the the headliner uh, gig on the Bellator 283 coming up uh, against Outlaw. What's your thoughts on that one? Are you talking uh, Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yan? No. Which one are you talking uh, about? Outlaw. Outlaw. Uh, yeah, I don't you, know. Go ahead Sorry. with Peter Yan. That's, that's, that's my next one. Yeah, so, yeah UFC, uh, uh, they're coming up, I think, uh, 280, something like that. Sean O'Malley got a shot at the, uh, Peter Yan. Peter Yan's coming off a loss to uh, the champ, Al uh, Remain Sterling, um, for the Bantamweight title. And so, and Yan is just phenomenal. Uh, but again, we know that uh, O'Malley's one of, uh, uh, well, and so O'Malley's thinking he's got, got a good chance and, and his promoter got involved and, and stirred it up, so Dana's going to sign that one together. Mm-hmm. Kate, what's your thought? I know you like Peter Yan. What's your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, I, I'm a big Peter Peter Yan fan, and you know, I, I like I like Sean O'Malley too. I mean, how can you not like Sean O'Malley? He's he's, uh, he's sensational, but like, uh, it's I don't think that he's shown enough. Like I don't, I don't think he's put out 
like enough solid um, performances against good guys? Like how many how many guys mm-hmm. in, in in the top ten has he has he beaten and 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 finished and and how many times has he gone the distance with a good fighter? You know, Peter Yan has been doing this for the for the last what like three you know four to five years that he's been on top, you know, just, just dominating that division up until Aljo mm-hmm. came along. Um, but um, it's it, – I mean, Peter John's probably the probably like top three pound-for-pound pound strikers, if not the best pound-for-pound pound striker in the UFC right now. Mm-hmm. And I just I just don't think that, um, that, uh, that Sean O'Malley can keep up with him. His, his speed, he has an incredible chin. Uh, he's very balanced, uh, and, and Sean O'Malley, he's he's very fast and he has power, but his chin is 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 lacking, and um, I just again I, I just don't think he can keep up with the technicality of Peter Jan, so I would have to judge that fight maybe TKO or even knockout um, second second or first round. All right, now we're getting into the technical part, so. Let's go to Z. You're the technician. You want to break that down for us so everybody understands what what uh, what you guys are talking about? Um, with Sean O'Malley and Peter Yan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I, I I've seen them both, you know, sparingly. Here's what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. You have to watch out for power. In, in MMA, it doesn't matter. Like technical, like striking in MMA. Is a little different. You, mm-hmm. Like rarely do you have a guy who's going to walk through anything. I mean, you can't walk through everything, especially once you once you start shrinking, padding down to a certain extent. You have guys who hurt their hands a lot more in MMA as far as striking goes than in boxing, just just because the padding shrunk down. But at the same time, that adds knockout power. There's nothing like bone on bone, especially with knees, mm-hmm. elbows. Uh, ankles, chin bones. I mean, there's nothing like bone on bone for for contact. <laughs> so uh, you have to be careful of power. With that said, power can be spread around in any time. My comments there. Right now, I got one I really want to hear the uh, uh, tie on. Um, we talked about Charlo last week, the younger terminal. Then we got Jamal um, trying to put uh, Demetrius uh, Andrade together. Uh, can that happen? Will it happen? And if it does, uh, who's going to be successful? It's not going to happen, so we don't even have to talk about it. <laughs> Demetrius Andrade is 168. If you're talking about the younger Charlo, he's at 154, so that can't happen. If you're talking about the other Charlo, the 160 Charlo, who was within the weight range. It didn't happen when Demetrius Andre was at 160 for promotional reasons. Now that he's at 168 and he's still with the same promoter, it's absolutely not going to happen. Um, so, no, that's not going to happen at all. Okay. All right, well, how about the uh, the next one is the dream team that's coming up. It would be uh, uh, Shakar Stevenson and Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, they're trying to put that together by the end of the year. So I guess Lomachenko needs the money after uh, being out of the uh, and being fighting for his country lately. What do you think, Ty? Uh, you know, it's the same way I felt about Alexander Usa. Um, you know, a, a guy who, in you know the prime of his life, actually. Leaves his career to go defend his country. Literally postponed fights to go fight a war in his homeland. So, mm-hmm. and both of these guys are at the tail end of their prime. They're both in their mid thirties now. Um, so again, for me, like I said with Usyk, the same thing applies to Lomachenko. I, I won't know until I see them. Like, I wouldn't even begin to try to predict or assess. You can only assess based on, like, typically when, whenever we predict a fight, right, it's based on prior information. Mm-hmm. But usually that prior information is this is what the guy looked like six months ago or this is what the guy looked like, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago fighting a southpaw. It's not typically 
yeah, this is what the guy looked like before he went and fought a war in his homeland. So that's a tremendous mm-hmm. caveat to me. And with that caveat, it, it just uh, it leaves too many variables open for interpretation that I couldn't begin to try to disseminate. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it, you know what? I probably wouldn't be able to get a sense of what the one of those guys are going to look like probably until, you know, to weigh in. And even then, that's kind of a false narrative. So because of what they've gone through, uh, if he were to get in the ring with Shakur Stevenson, he could be ready, he could be hungry. He, You know, what he, the experience he's gone through might have done something. I just couldn't even imagine. So, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't begin to speak on, on what these guys, specifically Lomachenko or Usyk, is going to look like upon their return. I think there's just too many variables. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to latch on Ty's comment and but lean the other way with it. I don't like Lomachenko. First of all, in their careers, not outside of what's going on with Lomachenko right now, in their careers, Lomachenko's lost and really hasn't fought. He hasn't fought since his loss. Shakur Stevens is active and has been looking good. Um, second, as far as that goes, is Shakur Stevens is looking like he's moving up in weight pretty good. To where Lomachenko, I, I think he, he, he's heavy for that. I mean, he, he's, his best weight is lighter than where he's at now, to me. To where he fought Terrence Lopez, he's better at a lighter weight to me. Um, third is this, and, and, and as, as Ty just mentioned, after what's going on, it's not only just mentally what's going on with him, he's inactive as far as boxing. Boxing isn't what he's concerned with. So that, once you step in the ring, that, I mean, it's, it's very different. So I, I don't like Lomachenko fighting a Shakur Stevens, not, not at this point. Okay. All right. Tony, here we go. 19 months and 26 days since he last walked into the ring. Danny is going to be out there tonight. And uh, what's his chances against uh, Benavides? It's going to be a rough fight, but I still think Garcia will pull it off. He's just a, he's just a beast. The band's been through everything. Mm-hmm. And He's been through every single thing there is. He's been beat up. He's been through long matches. Um, mm-hmm. Benavides, good fighter. I just don't think he's going to have what it takes to to take Garcia out tonight. Mm-hmm. So, with people, okay. a lot of people don't remember is Benavides is the older brother. Obviously, people know that of uh, Jose Benavides. The thing about David Benavidez is he was a blue chip prospect coming up along with his brother. But whereas right now, Jose Benavidez, the younger brother, is considered you know, significantly better than David Benavidez, the older brother, they were both blue chip mm-hmm. prospects coming up. But the problem they both had was discipline. They kind of liked to run the streets. Um, at this point, David is in a prime, physical prime, of, of his career. He's only 30 years old, uh, but he fights like a guy who has a metal rod in one of his legs. And the reason being is because he has a metal rod in one of his legs. And <laughs> he put up a pretty decent fight against Terrence Crawford three years ago, got knocked out in the 12th. But it, it, Zito could even tell you at, at points it got a little tough to see this guy trying to, you know, move on a leg that was clearly just compromised. Um, he came back. Well, he hadn't fought since Crawford, so he was out for about three years. He came back. He, I think he, it was a draw. He got like a split draw or something against – he was fortunate to get a split draw uh, against, you know, just a journeyman guy, so he didn't look good. Um, and, you know, he says he's ready just for this fight. Danny Garcia is moving up. 150 to 154 for the first time. But he's fighting a, uh, a David Benavidez, who also, like Garcia, started at 140, fought at 147, and not a natural 154-pound guy either. Garcia is going to be giving up a few inches in height and in reach. 
but again, uh, you know, he's the more proven commodity. David Benavidez never quite lived up to uh, his prospect billing, and again, then once you know he was shot and returned from that physically, mm-hmm. he had a you know, his little compromise. So that's part of the reason why this match was made for Danny Garcia. Uh, he's moving up to 154, which is a tough division, and he's fighting a guy who has never really fought at 154. Why? Because he's going to give Danny Garcia the best chance to win coming off of a layoff. So it's a good matchup because Benavidez is, is, is quality, he's skilled, but mm-hmm. Danny Garcia should be able to uh, to go ahead and pull away from him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Danny mm-hmm. Garcia... Danny Garcia is he, he he's like the how I'm gonna say this he he's the old school Pittsburgh Steelers I hate to say not the old school '70s Steelers he's the Steelers that when you think of, you they never look good when they win. They'll mm-hmm. grind you, you know, they, they don't look good when they win, but they win. And mm-hmm. you don't look good for them. I mean, that that's Danny Garcia in a nutshell. Danny Garcia is, I mean, he, he should, he's, I mean, I pick him to win this fight, but it's never easy with him. He, he, he even easy, supposedly easy fights with Danny Garcia isn't easy. But Danny doesn't get blown out either. Danny's a guy who... I mean, I, he shows up for the level of competition, literally. Win or lose, he shows up according to his competition. So with Benavidez, mm-hmm. I see it not, not being easy for Danny. Um, ben, I could testify to to sparring with no bend at the knees. You bend at the waist, and you you can tell where the punches are coming according to body motion. But I mean, that that's not what Benavidez does. I mean Benavidez, he, he's 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 an aggressive guy, and he sort of fights like his brother. A little, uh, what I saw against Crawford, he's a little more outside. He's a little more with straight punches. With you know where where the bigger, the heavier Benavidez, he tries to get at you and get at the body a little bit more. They both can fight that that way, but I, 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 you know, mm-hmm. as I say, Benavidez without the shot leg. I would give him hello against Danny all day. It's just that you're not going to mm-hmm. look good against Danny, and he's not going to look good against Henry. So that's the fight I see. Okay. Um, Caden, what do you think about uh, uh, Misha Tate uh, announcing her retirement? I didn't think she did. I didn't think she did announce it. Yeah, it was, did she uh, actually announce it? Right. Late Friday afternoon, she announced it. Okay, yeah, because uh, uh, the last thing I saw was she wasn't sure if she was going to retire, but she was. She dang sure know that she didn't want to do a weight cut down to bantamweight again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but if it's yeah. if it's uh, final, well, we're going to miss her, and she'll definitely get a spot in the UFC Hall of Fame. Good for her. Good, good for her. I mean, she she's one of the, like, pioneers, you want to be honest. She helped put women fighting on the map. So, I mean, yeah. she's retiring. She she needs to go ahead and get that banner, her, her number lifted up in the rafters, however they do retirement in the UFC. She needs to get all the accolades. Okay, Katie, you back? Jaden? Must be having love and trouble again. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see who we want here. Ty, what are your thoughts on uh, Liam Smith and, uh, uh, as a fight coming up on uh, September 9th with uh, Hassam? Well, I'm going to do this name up. It was Tinsley, so she had Wanda. She had to take it all the way out. Give me an idea. Yeah, so she's going to have some movies on here. 
I'm oh, sorry, I, I heard Liam. Did you say Liam Smith? Or yeah, yeah. And who's he fighting? Uh, Hassan M W A L I N S. I can't pronounce that. Yeah, Liam. Liam. That's a fight Liam Smith should win, but you never know. Liam Smith is is uh, he, he's you know he's a solid fighter, not a great fighter, but a, a very solid fighter. He brings the fight. He brings pressure. He punches pretty damn hard. And, you know, he's an aggressive guy. Uh, and he typically is going to fall short, tends to fall short, just short of the elite. You know, so you, you got to kind of be a champion-level guy to beat Liam Smith. So he should go ahead and get and get back on the horse. Uh, with the, the, fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time he fought, he lost the great So, um, but I, you know, but he always puts up a good fight. Uh, so I expect him to be back on the horse. Okay. Um, the other one I wanted to, to, to ask you about uh, is uh, uh, Haney and, G- and Gambosa are going to go back together at, uh, on uh, October 16th. What's your thoughts on that one? Let's start with yeah, that. I, you know what? I, I... I think it's hard for me, at least, not to kind of expect the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Cambosis can try to be a little bit more ag- aggressive, but Haney, uh, you know, Haney will just move more and, you know, sit down here and they'll just neuter him. Um, typically, when, uh, a, a, you know, when guys like Haney, you know, a guy who's a boxer who's looking for openings, once they kind of figure you out, you know, it's going to take a home run punch. If that guy sees you again, he's already got mm-hmm. you figured out. So you can be more aggressive and make mm-hmm. him more antsy, and maybe you can try to run him into mistakes. But the the fact of the matter is Cambosis is sort of outgunned. Devin Haney's not a big puncher, but neither is Cambosis. And, you know, Devin Haney, uh, Cambosis is known to have qu- pretty quick hands, but they're nullified by Devin Haney's quickness and his length. So it's just it, it's just a bad style matchup, in my opinion, for Cambosis. And I think if Haney comes out and sticks to his game plan, which he's not, you know, which he's want to do, regardless of whether the crowd's booing or not, he tends to stick to his game plan. And if he does so, then, uh, you know, Haney might push him a little tighter. The scores in Australia might look a little tighter. But uh, it, it'll look to me similar to, you know, the first fight with Haney winning, uh, you know, comfortable defense. Mhm. Okay. Um, well, see what? Uh, yeah, see, what do you think about Big Baby Miller's uh, return to the uh, to the ring after a layoff like he's had? Okay, I'll put that in uh, one word: absurd. Um, I'm done. Mm. I, I'm done talking about Big Baby. I wanted to bring it back to uh, with the, the um, Gambosis and. Um, the only thing he could do is get bone. His bones have to get bigger. He has to get bigger, and he, like he has to be a different weight class to fight Haney. First of mm-hmm. all, he's too small. And looking at those two in the ring, you know, the, the, their shoulders are a full length apart. <laughs> I mean, as far as just the, the wideness, mm-hmm. um, Haney's bigger than Campbell. I've mm-hmm. compared Haynes to Andre Ward before, and I'm going to stick with that. Different different style and different mentality. Ward, when Ward started, Ward to go after it. Um, a lot of times, you know, he, he saw something else and would take advantage of it. Where Haynes plays it a bit safer. Um, I think their armor's a bit different. Although early in Ward's crit- career, he was criticized for not being able to take, you know, a punch and not being a tough guy. And he proved otherwise. Right. I think Haney has a different skill set in it to where, you know, a guy's not going to outbox him from the outside. To where Ward, you know, mm-hmm. if a guy had the potential, Ward would take it inside and get rough. Haney's not that guy. Haney's a guy mm-hmm. who has to have control. And with guys like that, you're great only when you can keep control or you can adapt to any control. That's the only way you become great. And Haney right now is proving that he's a guy who keeps control. 
Now, under every circumstance, that let, let him fight a guy who's bigger than him. You know, who mm-hmm. who applies pressure. A guy that he has to mm-hmm. steer, but he has to be careful of power, and it might touch on him a bit. You have to worry about, you know, I have to take this shot. I can't take the big shot, but I have to take certain shots. And those shots will bring uh-huh. you down. That's what I worry about with Haney, but we'll, we'll, Cambosis isn't the guy. <laughs> and you know what? I want to touch on something Zito said right quick. Zito, you know, in his comp- so he compared Haney to Andre Ward. And I, and I get that comparison. But the, the reason why I want to comment on that is because in that comparison, you know, he also said that Haney's not kind of quite there yet. In my opinion, for the fighter Haney is, if he should be looking to fight like anybody, it is Andre Ward. Andre Ward also, from as an outside boxer, was, was similar to Haney. Used his feet, used his jab for control, didn't have big power, but was really good at mastering distance and timing. But what happened is, is when you don't have the power to keep a guy honest, then that pressure will start to overwhelm What Andre Ward was able to do was, was to step inside and rough guys up. So part of the way you, you go ahead and take, you know, you devalue the pressure, the way you take the valve off the pressure is to step inside it. You confront it. That's what Andre Ward became a master at. So what happened was he could outbox you, and if you applied too much pressure, he could step in and start to bully you. Or if he could outbox you and you could touch on him the way he didn't want to be touched like Kovalev did, then all of a sudden he stepped inside and became the bully. If Haney Uh developed that aspect of his game, that kid would be tough to beat. As it is right now, there are certain things that are going to give Haney fits, based on what Zito said. So I just thought it was a very apt uh, mention of Andre Ward in this comparison, Zito. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about uh, Jose Gonzalez uh, stopping uh, uh, Jose uh, Angulo in the third round? Uh, You have anything on that, uh, Zeke? No, I did not hear about that. I'm sorry. Okay. How about Clarissa Shields uh, and uh, Savannah Marshall? Who wants to handle that one? I am looking forward to that fight. I'm going to outright say I hope Savannah Marshall wins. I don't know that she will. Maybe I'm unpatriotic because I'm not rooting for the American and Clarissa Shields, but I'm rooting for the the Brit, Savannah Marshall. Um, Savannah Marshall is the only person to have ever defeated Clarissa Shields in a boxing ring. It happened, what, like 13 or 14 years ago. Uh, She won a decision over um, they've never had a rematch, and Clarissa Shields would be the first one to tell you the reason why they've never had a rematch is because they were always in tournaments together, but Savannah Marshall would never win. You know what I mean? So she beat Clarissa Shields in this one yeah. tournament when Shields was like 17. Savannah's a little older, so Savannah was probably like 21, 22. Clarissa Shields was 17, and she beat her. I think 17 or maybe 16, something like that. Um and, and Savannah Marshall outpointed her. Um, but in subsequent tournaments, uh, Savannah Marshall never made it to the finals for Clarissa Shields to that rematch. Um, it's an interesting fight from the standpoint that it, this fight reminds me a lot. It's the same dynamic, in a sense, of Amanda Serrano, Kate Taylor. That was a, a tremendous fight that just happened uh, a few months back. That was on the Jake Paul undercard. Tremendous fight. It reminds me of that because the quicker, more fluid boxers, also the better athlete, but they don't punch hard at all. Peyton Taylor, I like Clarissa Shield. Whereas the stiff, more rope fighter, not quite as good an athlete as our opponent, is the one who punches hard in Savannah Marshall. If I were to predict right now, I predict that 
Clarissa Shields is going to out-hustle her like she does everyone else, but I do believe she's going to have picked her ass up off the canvas like she's done once before, or she's going to have to survive some rocky moments that's going to take, uh, cause her to make some adjustments and be a lot more careful. Because running Sean Porter face-first style and Savannah Marshall not a recipe for success. Uh, Clarissa Shields is the more fluid boxer. She should be able to out-hustle her. Um, but I, I do, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Savannah, and I think it's going to be uh, one of those kind of fights where even if it's kind of wide, uh, it still could be tense. Because, first of all, both neither of these girls like each other at all. So um, I'm actually yeah. looking tremendously forward to that. Good. What do you think, Zeke? Um, me personally, Clarissa Seals is a workhorse, and weight means a lot. <laughs> weight means Clarissa Seals tends to be the bigger fighter in, in the fight, and a bigger workhorse who could take a punch. So that's hard to beat, just because I mean she could take a punch, you could be fluid and all of that, but coming around round five and six, I mean that. <laughs> You still have this machine in front of you, and Clarissa Shields is essentially a machine. Um, the problem is this. Yeah, but Clarissa Shields not the bigger fighter in this fight, and that's the problem. The problem is this: Clarissa Shields twelve and zero with two knockouts. Savannah Marshall twelve and zero with ten knockouts. Well, the, th- the problem is this: Clarissa Shields isn't the bigger fighter. She happens to be the more fluid fighter, but she. When, since when has she had to fight like she's been the more fluid fighter? When has she been in the position or situation? Clarissa Shield, for the most part, has had competition that she could more or less just be bigger on and be more active on. I, I should say more active than bigger, but she's been bigger than most of her competition, too. I, I mean, naturally. So, uh, as I say, it, it could be interesting, um, but if Clarissa Shields doesn't get KO'd, which, and to be honest, I, it, it doesn't happen too much in women's fighting, you know, she, she's going to eke out a workhorse decision. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guys, we're, uh, we're right here at the end of our hour, and uh, I appreciate everything uh, everybody did to, to uh, prepare for tonight. Tony, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I was remiss. I know uh, your buddy has a fight coming up. Uh, you want to talk about that? Uh, Perella or the Triple G fight? Perella? Uh, no, Perella. Yeah, he's, uh, I spoke with him the other day. He's going to hopefully join us back on the show before the fight. Uh, I think it was just listed uh, with a date. I don't know who it was, to be honest with you, but it is definitely it's new. Um, I'll get the details for next week's show, but uh, he did say he was going to try to join us before the fight. So, good, good. Hey, well, Bob, uh, I appreciate your uh, giving, giving us the time, even though you've got uh, about thirty-seven things to handle there between loading the car and getting taking care of the kid and everything. I uh, appreciate your being on with us tonight. Uh, you want to lead us out? Yeah, no problem. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure being on the show, and it's tough being a trophy husband, but somebody's got to do it. So, uh, um, yeah, so loading the truck up after sailing, the wife's got the boat sailed up. The nephew's good. The family's good. Thank you so much, everybody. I wasn't prepared this week. Y'all uh, have a great weekend as far as our fighting words family's concerned. Uh, chin down, eyes up. God bless. Love you. Have a good week. Hey, Z. Oh, man, another wonderful show. I want to thank Tony, Bob, Caden, Ty, you, Butch. Uh, I love it when Bob says chin down. And, uh, <laughs> um, these, shows, these shows are a memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. Anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Thanks. Yeah, Ty? Hey, it was great being on with you guys. Forgive me uh, for my lateness and my absence uh, last week. Um, again, always a pleasure. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a great week. Be safe and well. Okay. 
good to have another another great show, and felt good to have all all um, all hands on deck this weekend. Hope everybody has a great weekend and a great fight night. See you all later. Tony? Sandwiches are warmed up for the grandson. <laughs> he is going to enjoy those. What's that? They're coming out of the oven now? Okay. And uh, <laughs> wish everybody a very good weekend. Love the family. This group is fantastic to listen to on this show and grateful that I have the opportunity to be here with all these people that are very knowledgeable in the sport. Thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses on the first line of COVID, the people who clean up the hospital afterwards are very, very important and probably the most exposed. And the people at the supermarket to keep their, their uh, shelves stocked. We really appreciate all of it. Now, these programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeff- Jeffrey Colcat, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Carpenter Springs Police Department, Deputy <clears throat> Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Police, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Ch- Charles Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Anafa Christman, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Fire Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogo, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise out to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly in your fields. The sun shine lightly on your face. May the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless and have a great, great week. Amen.
1999. County dispatch to 1999. County dispatch to 1999. Point units be advised, 1999 is responding to his last emergency. He got rest his soul. Okay, Bob. We love you. We miss you.